Before we get into today's episode of the podcast, a quick note that today's episode is brought to you by 2Before. 2Before is a product that I've been using for many months now. It is one of my go-to pre-run rituals that I take before my run, and it is something that has significantly contributed to my performance within my runs and workouts and overall just made me feel better. If you've never heard of 2Before before, it is blackcurrants, which are antioxidant berries grown in New Zealand, and studies have shown that consuming them regularly improves endurance by increasing blood flow and removing lactic acid. Blackcurrants also manage inflammation and kickstart muscle recovery, meaning you can hit the next training session feeling strong. Guys, it's used by professional running team Tin Man Elite, as well as teams in the NFL, NBA, and the NCAA, so it's tried and tested. You guys can get 30% off of 2Before with code the running effect 30 not only does this get you 30% off but also free shipping i've left a link to two before's website in the show notes so you guys can scroll down and hit that link or go directly to their website two before.com that's the number two before.com again 30% off with code the running effect 30 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Running Effect Podcast with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic, and I have one quick request for you before we get into today's episode. I would greatly appreciate it if you give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Guys, this legitimately takes between five and 10 seconds to hit the five-star review button, hit the follow button, and helps us out more than you know. Today on the podcast is the one and only Bethany Mahalik. For those unfamiliar with Bethany, she holds PRs of 437 in the mile, 957 in the 3200, and 1649 on the grass 5K for cross country. She placed third at NXN last year, was third at the 2023 Brooks PR invite in the mile, and helped her team win a state title and get seventh at NXN last year. She also won two individual state titles as just a freshman. And so today's conversation was a lot of fun going through all of her accomplishments and just having a well-rounded conversation on Bethany's career and future ambitions in the sport as well as me um, being from Ohio and now living in Texas, never having gone to Colorado. I asked her many questions about living and running in Colorado, which was a lot of fun. So without further ado, I hope you all enjoy my conversation with the one and only Bethany Mahalik. Bethany Mahalik, welcome to the Running Effect podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm great. Thanks for having me. First question for you. I guess it's not afternoon there. I always make this presumption that the person I'm talking to is on my same time zone. I think you're two hours behind me. So maybe still the morning for you. Um, What's the normal morning routine look like? I guess we'll start there. Um, I like to sleep as much as I can. So if I have school and I have to leave at like nine, then I'm getting up at like 830. And I am just like rushing around to get everything done. But like I wake up, Obviously, I get ready, I eat breakfast, and I'm like rushing out the door to go to school, and I do school all day, and that's that. Nothing too special. For summer training, I know a lot of people like to wake up earlier to get their runs in before the heat. Are you like, nah, just trying the heat to get my sleep, or <laughs> do you will yourself out of bed a little extra early? Um, No, like during the summer, I'll get up and I'll run early with my teammates at like 7.30 or 8, because it can get really hot and dry in Colorado, especially. So I'll make myself do it then. But the days where I have to practice like later in the evening, then I'm getting all the sleep I can get. <laughs> do you enjoy summer training or cross country? Like which one do you look more forward to? Summer training is just like fun and low key. And you get to run in like these beautiful places a lot of the time because it's not like a strict schedule. Um, but cross country is just like 
more fun because you're working for a goal. You're working with your team the whole time. You're hitting hard workouts. And I just like enjoy everything about cross country. So Colorado, let's talk about living there. What's it like? I'm assuming you're at elevation. What's it like running at elevation? Yeah. So where I'm at right now, like my house is at a bit over 7,000 feet. So I can just run outside and I'm getting great elevation training. But anywhere I go, really, like we're up pretty high. Sometimes we drive up to like Leadville and we're at 10,000 feet there or like Breckenridge. It's like 9,000 something. So um, luckily for us, we just like get great training wherever and it's gorgeous. You can't really go wrong anywhere. So we're very lucky. Leadville. Have you followed the Leadville 100 over the past few years? I'm assuming you know what that is. Yeah. And it's something I will never do because that just sounds <laughs> awful to me but i'm very very amazed at people that do do it um but yeah i followed it and it's insane that's a bucket list item for me maybe i'm a little crazy or probably more realistically naive that i could even finish it but um it's crazy these ultra races like it's so funny because you know like at our age at your age in high school uh you know you run the 5k and it's like it's standard enough right like a pretty simple warm-up the training's pretty straightforward and then like the ultras, it's like, if you follow them or like watch any of the documentaries, like they literally have whole pit crews of like people, they've got like different pacers who come in and out. The thing that intrigues me the most is like, they'll just like, they'll eat normal food during the race. I'm like, I don't know how my stomach could <laughs> handle that because they need the calories. So anyways, it's just so funny. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've like followed along with it for a while, but it's just like insane to me. But yeah, the food thing is always interested in me because I don't know how they like eat a bunch, then they go run like 50 more miles. So it could it. be because they're running slower uh, that it digests faster. Like I there's a big difference between 12 minute pace and five minute pace. Um, and they yeah. also like take breaks. I don't know. I don't understand ultras. And then like the 200 like milers, I know they'll sleep for like four hours. So again, to me, it doesn't even sound like running. It just sounds like, you know, climbing Mount Everest in its own right, yeah. like for running. So that's so yeah, funny. That's a great way to compare it. Yeah. What are the, what are the go to? So never been to Colorado. If I was like, Bethany, I got to go to Colorado and you get to pick the one city I visit, where would it be? Well, it definitely wouldn't be Colorado Springs. There's like a nickname for it and it's called Dirty Springs because it's like, it's really pretty on the outside, but then when you live in it, there's not much to do. It's a little bit gross in some areas, so don't recommend here. <laughs> um, but like, if you were probably go up to like Boulder, um, even like the little mountain towns like Breckenridge, Silverthorne, they're great. You can just kind of really get like the Colorado feel, like the granola vibe, I guess. Um, and you'll just feel very Colorado up there, but it's gorgeous. So many good trails, so many good lakes best place to be what's the one trail in colorado springs that i feel like i see on strava quite a bit um i know that uh air force cross-country teams will do workouts on there sometimes i know yeah. paul chalima's done workouts there it's like this loop what's that called um well there's one that's called like santa fe trail and it goes from like palmer lake up in monument to like all the way down south into the ball like bottom of colorado springs so that one, I don't know how long it is, but that's where majority of people go. And then there's just like little like loops within that. But that's kind of like the main one that connects everything. Okay. I'm going to text you this afterwards because I have this very clear picture in my mind of what I'm thinking of. It's like this little, okay. it might be like a mile or two mile loop. I don't know. I don't know. I've definitely seen it a lot. So okay. <laughs> speaking well, yeah, of Boulder, I'm yeah, speaking of Boulder, have you run at like Magnolia Road and like Gold Hill? What's the hardest run you've done in Colorado? Um, there's a few down here that are pretty tough, but then there's always one that I do every summer 
it's up in the Breckenridge area, so like in the mountains, and you get about a bit, almost 2,000 feet elevation gain in like two and a half miles oh or my something. Gosh. <laughs> and it's just not even a run at that point. You're like hiking and like scrambling up. But then it's really fun because you get to like coast down and you just like get a lot of downhill. But it's really tough and it's always super hot when we do it. But I definitely recommend because you feel very accomplished when you're done. What's the weather like in Col- Apologies, listeners who are from Colorado. They're probably like, this guy's an idiot. He has he not know these things. Colorado winters. Uh, what's that like? Is it again? I don't know much about this, which is why I'm asking because I'm curious. Like, how bad are the winters? And I know in some places, like in Flagstaff, it'll snow, but people drive 40 minutes and it's like 70 degrees. So is that similar? Where like there's kind of discrepancy with the weather. Yeah, I mean, Colorado probably is the most unpredictable weather ever. Like, we can get snow a few days before the last day of school sometimes. So it's like we never know what's coming. Um, But in the winters, it can be pretty snowy. But I feel like the people that live here just kind of push through it and we still run in it. And I feel like what really prevents us from running is when it's like negative 10 outside and it just would be miserable. But yeah, it's a lot of snow, a lot of like dry, gross weather, a lot of wind. It's super windy here, which is just awful. And it's like my least favorite thing ever, but it's fine. Um, But then we also just get some like really hot days and we get a lot of rain. Like right now, every evening, it's like a thunderstorm and rain, which is annoying because since I'm on school and base, we have these lightning warnings. So if it's like close enough, we have to like cancel practice and like go run on our own. Um, But yeah, just like very unpredictable, a little of everything but nothing like outrageously awful. Did it ever come across your mind to go to a school at altitude? We'll get into this later in our conversation, but you're going to NC State next year, which is um, as sea level as sea level gets. So did it ever come across your mind to go to a school at altitude or were you like, I'm ready to go somewhere normal where I can breathe and uh, it doesn't thunderstorm every evening? Yeah, um, I definitely thought about it, but I really didn't want to stay in Colorado. That was like my number one thing. And then, I mean, there's other options like places in Utah or Flagstaff even, but I just wanted something completely different than where I've grown up my whole life. And I've always loved like being close enough to like a beach. Um, You're very far from that in Colorado. So even if I have to drive a few hours in North Carolina, it was like perfect. And you also have the mountains there too. So I think just finding somewhere that was different than what I'm used to. Let's go back in time to young Bethany. Take me through her start in the sport of running and what her first impressions of it were. Yeah, so I started running for my cross-country team in elementary school in like second grade. And the only reason I did it is because my friends were doing it. And I was like, well, I'll do it too. And I hated it because I didn't like running. (laughs) So I just wanted to like walk everywhere. But then eventually, like since my friends were like getting more into it, I was like, okay, you know, I'll try because I'm very competitive and I wanted to do well at it. And... I found out that I was like decently good. And so then I joined this like club team called Cocapelli Racing Team in third grade. And it got pretty competitive. Like we went to like the USATF Junior Olympics, like regionals and nationals. And I did that for a few years. And I kind of like built up like obviously my running skill, my competition levels. And I just really fell in love with the sport. And then obviously high school came and here we are now, but yeah. What was the the shifting point for you from merely participating in the sport to then like, oh, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at this thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm very competitive. So anytime that like, I kind of put my mind to something, I'm like, I'm doing it well. Like I don't want to do it badly. Like I want to be one of the best and whatever it is. So I kind of 
once I figured that I was like decently good at it and that I enjoy doing it, I just really was driven to do well and like really like hammer everything, put my all into it, which led me to have some really great outcomes. And then that just drove me forward to like even more goals that I had. And it just kind of like snowballed in something like really big, but now we are here and it's great. <laughs> I'm a very competitive person as well. And something that I've uh, deducted from my own life is that it's great for running. It can be bad for other things. Like when you're yes. playing a board game with siblings and you're like unnecessarily competitive, has that occurred in your own life where you're like, being competitive is very good for me in one aspect, but uh, probably not the best for other things. Oh, for sure. My teammates joke about it all the time. They're like, you're the most competitive person I've ever met. And it's for like little like stupid things like card games or board games or like just dance. Like I'll go crazy at just dance just to win. But yeah, there's definitely a balance you have to learn and realizing also that in running, um, it's okay to like not be the best at some points and you can't let like that get to your head. So freshman year, if I'm not mistaken, that cross country season, you win a state title, which is like unheard of, I feel like in most states for a freshman to, yeah. to win a state title. Take me through that experience. Yeah, freshman year was definitely a whirlwind. It was during COVID. So it was just not the experience I'd expected. Like we would have about 10 girls start and we'd have masks on and then we have to take them off like after 100 meters of the race. So that was weird to start off with. Um, and then the races were obviously smaller and I wasn't racing the girls that like I was really hoping I would, but it was just super fun. Like I enjoyed being with, with the team and I had never really been on a girls team with the girls that were also driven to do well. And they were like motivated for like in the sport of running. So that's something that I just like loved so much. But as the season progressed, I just felt like a lot of pressure on me. And there's a lot of things going on with like me and this one girl named Mia, who's a Niwa. She's a phenomenal runner. And we're actually great friends. We've raced each other for years when we were younger but people were like obviously comparing us, figuring out who would win. And that just like stressed me out a lot. So the day of state, it wasn't even like necessarily a great race for me, which sounds so interesting because I won, but I was like in my head a lot. I was like really nervous and um, it was like scorching hot. So all that together just kind of made me feel super tired for the actual race, but I was able to like push through it. And I'm actually very surprised I came through with that state win. But it's just been great having like so much great competition in Colorado from the beginning of freshman year throughout all my high school career. And I love that it's constantly like getting better as a community. But freshman year was definitely great and I loved it and I learned a lot. And I feel like every year I've just grown so much more from it. Do you think that winning your freshman year kind of gave you an added sense of pressure? And if so, how have you kind of dealt with that over the years? I know a lot of times like people in your position, like people who place third at NXN will generally come later in their career and people don't really know about them before that. But when you win a state title as a freshman, like I think society just loves to talk about, you know, young prodigies. And so both locally, state level, and then like nationally. So how did you deal with that pressure and what's it been like over the past few years as you've gotten better from that, but like managing those expectations where inevitably when you do something big as a young kid, like you want to be happy for yourself, but then I'm sure you find some article where someone's like, oh, you know, how many more can she win? And you're like, let me just celebrate this one. Yeah. Well, I was lucky when I was younger to have a lot of success, like I won nationals a few times for like junior Olympics, but that never really got in my head. And that was more of just like a motivator. And I think when I got into high school and I was doing well, there was more outlets of like social media and where people were focused on it. And I saw more of it, even if it was unintentional, 
Um, and that's what I think got in my head more. And so after freshman year, like sophomore year was just rough. Like state my sophomore year, I had anxiety so, so bad. And it was just super like undescribable to everybody around me because I didn't think that anybody else understood what I was going through. So I like got on the line that day and I was like on four hours of sleep. I had nothing in my stomach. I was a nervous wreck. And I ended up like passing out, not being able to finish that race because of like how worn out my body was. And so from that point on, I just had to like really learn from it because I'd never wanted to get in that position again. So I've just kind of like took the pressure off myself because one of the main people that puts pressure on me is myself because I have these expectations and just realize that yes, other people want you to do a certain way or are rooting for you. But at the end of the day, if you don't have your best day, no one's really going to care. The people that do care are the people that are going to love you regardless of it. Um, and also remembering that like, I'm doing this because I love to do it. I'm not doing it because I'm forced to. And so it should be fun and I shouldn't be freaking out over it. And that's what's helped me. And just, I used to run from like fear sometimes with them. We running against good competitors. And my coach told me recently, he was like, run from strength, not from fear. And I think that's so important. And that's really just changed my mindset. Just remembering that like, I can do it. I'm capable. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks of you and just like keep pushing through because at the end of the day, you're doing it for yourself, not for other people. I love that. Diving deeper into that, for someone listening who's struggling with pressure and what you said resonates with them, what would be like a word of advice as they're going through this tough time and period after you've gone through similar things? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would just say it's super common. Like the majority of people, especially female athletes, like get in their head a lot and they are also probably just as nervous. So when you're on the line ready for a race and you're kind of in your head, be like, no, everybody around me is also nervous but I have trained for this. I have to trust my training and I have to be confident in my abilities because I can't change anything right now to make the outcome any different, but I can make it worse without with like stressing myself out. So just worry about the things you can control. Don't worry about anybody else. Don't worry about what somebody else is going to do during the race. Focus on yourself because that's, that's really all you can do. And once you can figure out the mental piece, you're going to be pretty much unbeatable because if you're strong up there, you can be strong physically in every other part of the running. Can you take me through, you mentioned that experience you had your sophomore year. I feel like from an outsider's perspective, your junior cross country season was kind of a breakthrough. Um, And so bring me up to speed of that past year and kind of the things that you implemented and did uh, to do so well on the national stage, which I know is kind of a shock to you, but like, I I don't know. I feel like you'd you'd put in the work over the past years that it, it makes sense. Yeah, so junior year was the first time in years that I actually enjoyed running. Um, I think because like freshman, sophomore year, and even before that, I just felt like the pressure to keep doing it because I was doing so well and I didn't really do it for myself. And so something flipped like in the sophomore season, track season, and then all the way to beginning of cross my junior year, I was just like so in love with the sport and I was so driven to do it for me because I just genuinely enjoyed it. And I was excited to go on runs and go to practice and push myself to the best of my abilities. And I really think that once an athlete finds that switch, like then they're gonna keep pushing themselves to do better because they love what they're doing. And I think that's what helped me like continue to just reach my goals that I was reaching for and even go above that with like NXN and stuff. And even the times I was hitting in track but yeah, just like, honestly, my motivation was just unmatched and my team was amazing and we were all like crazy motivated and very supportive of each other. 
So I think just surrounding yourself with great people junior year is what really helped me and also just like me falling back in love with actually running. Can you take me through that NXN race itself, placing third and kind of the the shock that it was to you at the time? I remember watching a post-race interview and you didn't seem to believe it. No, yeah. I mean, I went into the race and my goal was top 10. And even then I was like, this is slightly unrealistic. So don't be too upset if it doesn't happen because I was slightly inconsistent all junior cross. Like I had COVID a bunch of times, which was super annoying, like first date and that kind of carried over to sickness during NXR. And so I didn't perform the way I wanted to in either of those places. So I was really just wanting a breakthrough race at NXN and just hoping to like, you know, put myself out there against the best. And I remember looking at like rankings and stuff because I was just curious and it's always against your better judgment to do that. But I did and I was like ranked 14th and I wanted to get top 10. So I was like, okay, Bethany, top 20, like that's your like end goal. Um, But top 10 would be amazing. And I remember just going into the race. I had a race plan. And um, right before I got on the start line, my coach was like, yeah, I think you can hit top five on a good day and top 10 on a bad day. And I was like, whoa, he, he, I was like, what are you talking about? That's insane. And he was like, no, you got to believe in yourself. Like, I know what you've been doing and I know how you've been training and this is how I think you can do, but don't let that get in your head. Just go out there and do what you know you need to do. And I was like, okay, yeah. And so I think with the faith my coach had in me and then just the faith I had in myself and what my teammates believed in me and I believed in them and I was just in such a good place before that race. And so I went out there, I executed my race plan well. And the girl who got second, Brooke Wilson, we're great friends. We've raced against each other for years. And so it's almost like comfort to have her there. And I knew anytime she made a move that I could match that. Like I was like, all right, go with her. And I think we really worked together well during that race. And I remember we got to mile two and I just like looked around and I was like, there's three of us here and Irene's way up there. And I was like, this is really good, but I didn't really let it get to my head too much because I was like, we still have another mile to execute well. We still have a race ahead of us, so keep pushing. And then I remember that last little bit, um, we had those hills and I was just like, all right, give it your all, leave it all out there. And this is your last race of the season. And I pushed and as soon as I crossed the finish line, I was like, oh my gosh, that just happened. Like I was just actually super shocked. I didn't really have that um, expectation obviously. And I was super grateful that it like kind of happened that all my training and my mentality came together well and I was able to just execute a good race. And it was just such a fun day because my team did so well. We put out a good performance and being there with the people that you've trained so hard with is just like amazing. it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Good day. How did that result trickle into this past track season in terms of confidence and kind of like raising the bar of what you thought was possible? Yeah. I just gave myself more confidence and, um, I kind of helped myself realize that like you are capable of running well against the best in the nation. And I felt like this track season was also a good breakthrough. I was way more consistent, um, than I was in cross and, I just had these goals and even though some of them may have may have been ambitious at the time um i was just like really driven to hit them and i was excited like every opportunity i had like at arcadia or brooks to run against the best of the best because i didn't care about the place but i knew if i put myself in the mix the outcome would be good time wise and that was like my real driving goal is just you know um to like race against the best of my abilities and have more confidence and i think that really helped with the outcome of nxn 
what was it like making it to a meet like Brooks PR? You had success on the grass, but then to be able to be invited, I mean, it's the only um, meet that I know of, at least in high school, or really any that you have to be invited to. Like you could be one of the best in the country, but still not get invited because it is so exclusive. Mm -hmm. So what was that like, at least in terms of like confidence and specifically having a year left, like, oh, I've kind of made it. Yeah, I, it's just such a fun like environment. And even just the way they put on the meet is great. Like you're sitting with your competitors a few days before having dinner. And I think it brings like the nerve level down a little bit because it shows how everybody's like human and that they're also nervous and they're also just teenage girls like wanting to have fun. And then you get to the race and you're like friends with the people on the line. And it's just such a fun experience. And then after you go on this like big yacht and you have this like dinner and it's just, they do a great job of putting it on. And I felt like so lucky and special that I was invited to, you know, be a part of that. And hopefully I'll go again this year, but it was just amazing. And I highly recommend anyone who's invited to take it up on the offer. I won't even, so I was at Brooks PR. I won't even lie. I uh, didn't even know you were there. And so <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm curious, what event did you run? I ran the mile. I was in the 32 because I've told myself that was my event for so long, but my coach really wanted me to like, um, kind of like branch out. And so I decided for the mile and I'm happy I did. It was a good race, fun time. Yeah. And then outside, again, having been there, like you talking about the experience spoke to me because I'm like, yeah, she's speaking facts right now. Like it's, it's crazy <laughs> how nice they treat you. Like from the yeah. hotel to like the cruise afterward, what, what was your favorite moment outside of the race? Um, well, I was like super lucky because my roommate was Emma Stutzman. She's a girl from Colorado and we were racing each other all season. We just became good friends. And so that was like super fun kind of getting to experience the whole thing with her. But just like meeting all the runners that you've kind of like heard about and you get to like have conversations with them and talk to them. And I remember meeting Jane Hediger and she's the nicest person I've ever met. Um, she's so kind and so sweet. And just getting to meet those people um, and just form relationships was probably the best part because now you get to go to these other races and you're like are so happy when you see them and you get to form great you know bonds and um i just love how close a running community can get from meets like that throughout this conversation you mentioned so many different colorado legends and even a minute ago you're mentioning emma who I, if i'm not mistaken i think you placed second to at this past state meet in the 32 mm -hmm. what's it been like having such incredible woman around you to kind of push you and elevate you maybe frustrating at times because in any other state you'd be destroying the competition but what's that been like to have people elevate you not just within your um, class and age range but also have people like you know my good friend Elise Cranny who was in the state of Colorado or Cole Sprout or like the list of examples goes on and on of people who have had great careers in high school but then gone on to do better things yeah I mean I feel like super lucky. It's almost like a Colorado dynasty of runners that have just like passed and a few of us are like falling behind and just getting to um, run with all these girls on like a weekly basis, like against them in these races is just very, very amazing and annoying at some times because you're like, oh my gosh, why is everybody so fast? But it just really pushes you to be the best version of yourself you can be. And um, I'm very lucky because we do get to go to meets like Arcadia. And then it's almost like a little Colorado gang because then four of us break 10 and it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm so happy for them because we all have been, you know, kind of racing each other for so long. And it's great that we were able to go through this together, but just getting to be around people who are just as motivated and experienced in what you're doing is um, 
really special and just hearing from people like Katie Rainsberger or Elise Cranny and just knowing that they've gone through exactly what you're going through and they've become very successful is super motivating and inspirational and I'm just very lucky to be a part of like the state of runners. Let's talk about NC State. Take me through the decision to go there and what made it stand out from other programs. Yeah, so I feel like any female runner who um, wants to go to college, like they know NC State because of how dominant they've been. Um, But that wasn't even the main reason I reached out. It's because I've heard from so many people about their like team dynamic and their like how they run as a team and they're not running individually. And that's just something that's always been super important to me because I'm a firm believer that if I didn't have the people around me, I do now and that my teammates, I probably wouldn't still be running because they're the ones that really get me through it. Um, And so I was just really looking for a program that stood out in those aspects. And so I reached out to NC State and they reached out to me pretty early on. And so we were able to form a relationship um, right off the bat. And I talked to basically all the coaches at some point and I was just like, yeah, this is like definitely one of my top schools. Like I'm very interested in them. I love Lori Hennes, just like her um, main ideas and her team culture and like what her team stood for was just like kind of speaking to me in a way. And I just really wanted to learn more about that. So I took a visit out there um, end of March and I kind of left and being like, yes, this is the school for me. And I committed very early, probably one of the earliest commits, I don't know, out there. It's, I feel like every year people are just getting committed more and more um, soon. But yeah, so like I came back and I called Lori Hennis two days after and was like, yeah, this is a school for me. I'm, I want to go here. And obviously she's excited. I was excited. I bonded really well with the team there. Um, my host was Brooke Robber and she's like the funniest person ever. And it was just very personable. And I think one of the other reasons I liked it so much is because the team was just so close in a way that you could tell they were actually like good friends. And it wasn't like, yeah, we're teammates and we hang out sometimes and sometimes we don't, but like they were close and they're joking around. They have like inside jokes, which I think is like so important because that shows how close they are. And they're like messing around with each other and teasing each other. And I just really resembled parts of um, my team. And I loved that. And I loved how they were so close and I just wanted something like that. So it was really just a no brainer for me once I like saw it in action and came home and made that decision. Let's talk about this upcoming season after, you know, last successful cross country season, successful past track season. What are your thoughts heading into this season? I know you just raced Woodbridge. So give me your thoughts on the 2023 cross country season. Yeah, I'm excited to go out there and try my best, give it my all. It's my senior year. So hopefully ending on a good note. Um, this year, all the girls have just also gotten very, very fast. So I'm not putting too much pressure myself for a certain outcome, especially right now at NXN. But my goal right now is just to keep building up for my base and hopefully execute a good postseason, um, through state NXR and NXN, um, help my team do some amazing things. We have a lot of big goals. We want to win state again and qualify for NXN and hopefully get top three. Um, so just like really pushing myself for them and for the goals that I have, um, just like race wise, just, you know, qualifying obviously and being in the mix, but, you know, just continue to like have fun with it. Remember that this is like my last year to like run at this level and have it with these people. So just embrace it to the fullest and, um, just really live up to every experience. Yeah. Bethany, for those who listened to our conversation today, what would be one final take-home message you want to leave with our audience today? Um, just obviously remember to 
um, enjoy what you're doing. Surround yourself with the best people you possibly can because they're they're what's going to get you through it, the good and the bad times, the highs and the lows. And just like take the pressure off yourself. Sometimes you're your worst enemy and it's important to remember to tell yourself to have fun and not put that pressure on you and just really enjoy the moments you have in high school. Bethany, one final question for you. The question I ask every single guest on every single episode. If you had Gordon Ramsay coming over to your house for dinner, what would you choose to make for him? Oh, gosh. Um, so I love breakfast food and I think I can make a great avocado toast and acaiable, but I think he'd probably just like throw it away and tell me it wasn't good enough. So I don't really know if I'd want to give it to him <laughs> because he scares me. He's a little bit mean, but it's fine. I'll, I'll try my best and give it to him and see if he likes it. We uh, started this conversation with me picking your brand on Colorado. We'll end the conversation with me picking your brand on Colorado because when you were talking there, I remembered distinctly that don't you have to change the temperature on your oven when you're baking if you're at altitude? Is that correct? Yeah, because I don't know the exact, like, I think it's because the heat can be different. I don't bake a lot, so, and every time I do, it doesn't turn out great, um, which maybe it's because I have the heat on the wrong thing <laughs> or something. I don't know. But there is something to it. You have to do it for less time or more time. I don't know. Something, you're something on the weird. right track. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bethany, it's been an absolute pleasure hearing your story, learning from you, and I can't wait to see all the incredible things you'll accomplish this season. So thanks for doing this and looking forward to seeing you crush it in the months and years to come. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Great talking to you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I don't take your time for granted, so I hope that it brought you some wisdom and value that you can apply directly into your running and into your life. If you have not already done so, please consider giving us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And then something all of you guys can do is share today's episode or the podcast in general with a friend or someone who you think will benefit from it. One more note, if you're not already following us on Instagram, consider doing so. My Instagram tag is at The Running Effect. I hope your running and life is going well. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy life to listen to today's episode. I will catch you in two days when the next episode drops. Until then, happy running.